0: Baseball season is in full swing. Shed long to Jake Bowers, no play, fires home. It's a laser to Luis Terenz for the putout. And just last week, T-Mobile Park went to full capacity for the first time in about two years. You are listening to Mindful Headlines, and I'm your host, Jessica Janner Castro. He's showing the wheels, coming around third, the play at the plate, and he's in there. America's pastime has always reflected what was happening in our country socially and politically, and that's been no different during the coronavirus pandemic. As we all know, 2020 was quite the year. At the height of the pandemic, like all major sports teams, the Mariners stopped allowing fans in the stands, underwent testing regularly, and dealt with illness. And then when things started to slowly open up, the Mariners announced vaccinated and unvaccinated sections and even allowed fans to get a COVID vaccine shot right there in the ballpark. So what role does a baseball team have in our community? Why do they matter even if you're not a Mariners fan? I'll ask Fred Rivera. He's my guest this week.
1: Serving our, our communities is not a political statement. Um, it, it's, what, it's It's looking to the needs of our community. And trying to be a leader in that
0: area. Fred is executive vice president and general counsel for the ball club. He's got quite a resume and began his career in the early 90s as a trial attorney in the civil rights division of the U.S. Department of Justice. He grew up in Los Angeles, but did law school at Gonzaga and has called the PNW home for years. He played baseball in high school and college. And let me tell you, he loves baseball. He admits to me in this podcast, he sometimes watches hours of old baseball clips on YouTube. So now that you're warmed up, I hope you enjoy this podcast. Let's step up to the plate, find out how the Mariners feel about their relationship with the news and how they've reacted to the major headlines of this past year, including COVID, the George Floyd murder and more. Fred, thank you for being a part of this podcast.
1: I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation.
0: It is baseball season. You can feel the excitement
2: in the air. You can see the excitement, and I say that especially because King 5 News is located right across the street from T-Mobile Park. And finally, this year we can have fans at the ballpark, which is obviously so different than where we were a year ago. I know that fans or just anyone who's tuned in with what's happening in the sports world knows that It is baseball season, games are being played, but I don't think a lot of people know about the ongoing work that the Mariners organization or any sports team does throughout the year. So can we begin there with what you guys are doing and what the ongoing programs are?
1: Absolutely. You know, I think first, any work that we do, frankly, on the field or off the field starts with our mission statement. and We adopted a new mission statement three years ago that really is the North Star for everything that we do. Um, And we're dedicated to winning championships, creating unforgettable experiences, and serving our community. And so we we attack each of those three parts of our mission statement with equal vigor. Um, Our general manager, Gary DePoto, is trying to put the best team on the field, both in the short term and also in the long term. Uh, T-Mobile Park, with the COVID uh, pandemic, right now our focus is on the safety of of our fans and creating a really welcoming experience. Um, And we have done a lot of work over the last 14 months to make sure that T-Mobile Park is ready to welcome fans. And we were delighted to do so on on April 1st. And then the third part is uh, serving our communities. We do a lot of that out of our 501c3 foundation, Mariner's Care Foundation. uh, And we really focus on two areas there. One is we consider ourselves the stewards of baseball and softball in the Pacific Northwest. And we want to create programs and opportunities for every single kid to play um, because of the health benefits, both the physical and the mental health benefits of just physical activity. And secondly, we want to be a leader to help solve our community's most pressing problems, whether that's in the area of homelessness, economic equity, um, social justice, and racial equity. We want to be at the forefront and be a leader in creating solutions.
2: Do you think that all professional sports teams have that kind of responsibility that you're talking about with um, creating programs for the entire community, also being um, you know, a steward of, say, baseball or, or football or whatever it may be? Do you think all professional sports teams play that role in community?
1: I think at some level they, they do, and simply because of the, uh, the, the, sit, the, the place they are within the community. Typically, professional sports teams have a high profile. Whether uh, you know, like me, growing up, I, I grew up in Los Angeles and was a huge Dodger fan, and so uh, I you would say watch. That?
2: Can are you allowed to say that?
1: I am allowed to say that. <laughs> it's part of my it's it's part of who I am and my DNA. Uh, so uh, so yeah, I, you know, I I grew, I grew up as a kid idolizing uh, Fernando Valenzuela. We're, we're celebrating the 40th anniversary of, of Fernando Mania, and and so I think um, whether it's baseball or whether it's the, the NBA or NFL. Um, the players and the organizations have a profile. And frankly, it's in the business interest of the organizations to be a steward for their respective sports, um, to to really curate the next generation of fans. And so I think, yes, at at, at some level, every team does it differently for different reasons, but I think there, there is that responsibility that's felt.
2: You said something that stood out to me already, and we just began this podcast, and I wanted to ask you about this anyways, but you said that the team created a mission statement three years ago, and I'm sure you were involved in that. How did that happen? You know, What kind of input? And there's a lot of people in such a large organization like that. How do you come up with a mission statement?
1: It really was a collaborative process in which we brought together all the executives. And at the end of the day, every single employee had an opportunity to participate in the mission statement. Um, where we ended up is, is not where we started, um, uh, so it, what really was an iterative and, and collaborative process. We looked at mission statements of other organizations, not just in the sports world. Um, we looked in the business world as well to identify really what, what are we trying to accomplish? And I think the three areas that, uh, we landed on, uh, on field, uh, success and excellence, um, creating just great experiences for our fans here at chemo park and serving our communities really nailed it.
2: Your title, I know, is Vice President of Governmental Affairs and General Counsel for the Mariners, and that you oversee legal business for the organization, and that includes HR, it includes community relations, and the nonprofit, Mariners Care. That's a lot to oversee, and some really big and um, important aspects of the organization. So, I think I'd like to ask you what your day-to-day is like. I think a lot of people would say, wow, that's a lot to juggle.
1: It's, it's exciting. And, and first of all, it's a, it's a we, it's not an I. So uh, we have a, a wonderful team of dedicated, passionate uh, people uh, who, who are really leading those respective organizations. We have a senior vice president over people that reports to me, and we have people in our community relations staff that are out in the community and looking for new ways to participate. And so it really is a collaborative effort. You know, we really are a pretty small organization, Uh, you know, full-time employees, including our coaches and all of those staff, we're about 250. So we are, we are lean. Um, We all wear many, many hats Uh, and it's, you know, showing up every day with both uh, what are we going to accomplish today? How are we going to today? We have a night game. You know, how are we going to put the best, experience together for our fans, and then also looking long-term. How are we going to be serving our community long-term? How are we going to be serving our staff and creating a culture of excellence long-term? So every day is different for me, um, which makes it exciting, and I think I have the best job around.
2: Since this podcast is called Mindful Headlines, I want to talk to you a little bit about how the Mariners have been in the headlines lately. Obviously, you're playing games, and there's the scores of the games that Make the news headlines all the time. But there's also been some programs that you've launched, as well as allowing for vaccinations at T Mobile Park. And so we've seen the Mariners be part of this larger story of how we're coping with getting out of the pandemic. And let me say, you were also part of the headlines when we stopped being able to go to the ballpark, right, a year ago, and then how these different sports organizations have coped throughout the pandemic. But right now, we're seeing reopening, and the Mariners have been a big part of that. Can you tell me a little bit about the decision about allowing fans to get a vaccine right there at the ballpark? Yeah,
1: um, getting our community vaccinated is uh, right now more important or as important as getting to the World Series. I mean, we need to have a healthy community um, in order to get our economy back on its feet um, uh, equitably. Um, we, we need to have uh, people back in their jobs. Uh, and so that is an absolute priority for us. And it also has has uh, been shown of what we're doing in the ballpark with the vaccinations. Uh, There's another program that we launched with UW Medicine um, called Strike Out COVID, which is a a program that is focused on the Black, Indigenous, and people of color communities. Um, There's, there's, as you probably know, the statistics are showing uh, significant inequities in where the vaccines are going and who is getting vaccinated. So this program, which is funded uh, by, by our owners and by Mariner's Care has pop-up clinics and what they call strike forces, getting, getting people out into the communities that need the vaccine. Um, and it's been in ver- very, very successful and we're actually seeing some positive movement in uh, a more equitable distribution of vaccines. So it it's really is a priority.
2: You talked about equity and you mentioned the BIPOC community. I think a lot of times people are not quite sure what BIPOC stands for, but um, Black, Indigenous, and people of color, in case our listeners are wondering. So the BIPOC community, and I know that the Mariners do a lot of work, and you have rolled out some programs in the last year focused on BIPOC youth especially, is that a reaction to what was happening a year ago with the George Floyd protests, or is that an ongoing effort that you guys were planning to roll out anyways?
1: I, it was a. It's an ongoing effort um, that dates back to at least 2017, 2018, with our on-base program, base standing for. We're going to be acronym heavy here. Um, baseball and softball everywhere, and that focused on, as I said earlier, making sure that baseball and softball is available to every kid in our community, looking at the data and where kids are, are having a more difficult time getting access, particularly to, um, to organize uh, sporting activities. And so this goes back quite a ways. The reality is, however, in July of last year and June of last year, the social justice and racial equity movement accelerated. And we wanted to be part of that acceleration and making for a more equitable community. And so we, we made four commitments last summer. Um, uh, one of them was the creation of a program called Hometown Nine, which is related to On Base. It, it, uh, we scholarship nine kids every year to play select travel baseball or softball. We provide off field, uh, mentorship and training opportunities. Uh, we start, uh, in eighth grade. So we bring them in eighth grade and we will keep them in that program until they graduate from high school. Uh, so in, in five years from now, you know, we're, we're going to have a great set of cohort cohort uh, groups in hometown nine that we hope will become um, mentors for each other is what we're trying to do. We also made a million dollar commitment uh, to for social impact grants. Um, the third commitment was creating an internship program to create a pipeline of qualified diverse um, candidates for employment and professional sports and in, in particular. And the fourth thing we committed to was to double our spend uh, with minority owned businesses here in the ballpark. Uh, we already had uh, a program through MLB, but uh, we really wanted to accelerate that and, and, and make sure that our economic spending is, uh, is equal and, and helps facilitate equality.
2: I'm gonna narrow in scope and then I'm gonna widen. But first I wanna ask you a little bit about Hometown Nine because I think it's a really fascinating program. I've done some reading up on it. And I know the first group went through in 2020, right? They were eighth graders in 2020, which is a heck of a year to be in eighth grade and then start to go into high school. And that's tough. I know that um, when I was speaking with some other people in your organization, they said that a lot of these kids, um, some of what you offered was also the mental health aspects surrounding baseball. So can you tell me what it was like to launch a program like that for athletes in the middle of a pandemic?
1: Yeah, it it was um again it was a team effort and not just with the Mariners it was going out into the community and getting input um and going to our players you know a lot of this originated from our players who were active um following the murder of George Floyd and speaking out on the Black Lives uh, Matter movement and we we asked them how we could we could support them and how we could support that movement. And, and uh, one of the ways was making uh, baseball sophomore more equitable. And so we uh, spoke with a couple of other organizations. Um, one of them is Baseball Beyond Borders, which is in South King County and focuses on creating select travel baseball teams for the BIPOC community. Um, and, and through all that information, we quickly put this program together uh, to create the the first class. And it's a work in progress. We're going to continue to fine tune it to make sure that we're meeting the the goals and aspirations of the program, um, particularly as the kids age into ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. Uh, kids change a lot uh, in that period. And so we're going to have to adapt to those changes to make sure it's successful. You know, the, the mental health and physical health aspects of it really are just the team, I think, the team environment and, and being physically active. I was fortunate enough to play baseball uh, through through college for a few years, and I look back on on those years as being really formative to me. Not necessarily on the field, but I think about the teammates and the friendships, um, uh, building resiliency, building leadership. And so we're trying to transfer all of those skills and those experiences to uh, to communities who otherwise might have a difficult time experiencing that.
2: I'll let you know that I do want to circle back around to that on how baseball has played an influence in your life, because I know sports has definitely made a difference in my life and continues to do so. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. I want to quickly, though, ask you, and maybe it's not a quick answer, but we talked about the vaccination efforts and then the equity programs focused on the BIPOC community. What do you say to the folks who have a feeling of just play baseball. Why have your hands in all of these different programs? And we talk about reaction to what's going on in the headlines and in society. How does a baseball team make that determination? It's kind of, it could be a fine line or where do you draw the line?
1: Well, we are a baseball team and that's our number one uh, our, our number one operation is putting a, a great baseball team on the field uh, and winning championships—that's what we try to do. We're also a business that's in our community, and just like any other business that's in a community, um, you know, we want to—we want to give back, we want to lead, um, and we want to show empathy and care for what we're doing in our community, as well as for our our employees. Uh, I mentioned our players and what they were doing. We wanted to support uh, our players. You know, I think we think this is not an either-or situation. This is not we're only baseball or we're everything else. Um, There's there's a lot of room to really do some some great things in our community, also play great baseball, create a great uh, fan experience here at T-Mobile Park. And that's what we're trying to do.
2: There's a lot of competing interests and correct me if I'm wrong, but you've got the owners, you've got the staff, you've got the players and you've got the fans, all of whom probably have very different opinions and a lot of these issues that we've been talking about in this podcast have, unfortunately, lately taken somewhat of a political slant as well. So, is that something that you look at as well, or is there a point where you say, "Well, this is what we're going to stick to"? We've made our mission statement, we have our core values, and we're going to go ahead. And if some fans don't agree with it, then so be it.
1: Um, you know, we we do just stick to the mission statement, and we're guided we're guided by that. We've you know, we, we don't, we'll never ignore our fans. Um, we will always listen to their fans. We respect their opinion. Frankly, just like a player who uh, gets booed will often say that means they care. Um, the fans who speak out in pro or con against what we're doing, I think it means they care. And So we wanna listen to them. We wanna be respectful of their opinion, um, but I'll always re- remain true to what our mission is. And I think serving our, our communities is not a political statement. Um, it, it's what it's it's looking to the needs of our community and trying to be a leader in that area.
2: There's a saying oftentimes for celebrities, right? Any news is good news. That is not the case for a business or sports organization. And there have been some tough headlines for the Mariners this year. You had the resignation of um, Kevin Nather. You've had um, a few years back some allegations of racism within the Mariners organization. How does a team deal with those types of headlines, which is very opposed to what we're talking about here and being a good steward and then also being involved in the community, right, in a positive way?
1: I think I'm going to sound a little bit like a broken record here, but it is is just a laser focus on what our mission is. And. Um, we've got a great group of people who are focused on that. Um and doing some positive work in the community here at T Mobile Park. Uh and and frankly, it's like like life, right? As you as you maneuver through life, there are gonna be uh there are gonna be some unexpected challenges and I but you overcome those. And so uh that as an organization is is what we're what we're doing. And I think some of the programs you mentioned, the vaccination and some of the other community work that we're doing, I think is evidence of that, that we are, we're we're in a straight line towards our mission. And uh, that's what we're going to focus on.
2: You mentioned changing, right? All of us, we change throughout our lifetimes. Our ideas change, our opinions change. And how we deal with stress, how we deal with emotions, how we deal with what's coming at us in life changes as we gather more tools and we become better at, you know, coping. So I imagine that's the same for an organization, right? For the Mariners and talk to me a little bit about how the collective thinking of the community can influence some of your objectives as a team and then vice versa, how you feel. And we've been talking about that, but how you feel like you can actually change the minds of some people within our community, maybe look at something differently, right? I'm a Mariners fan. So the Mariners are are supporting this organization. Maybe I should look at that too, or maybe I should change my thinking on that part of the community. How, How does that work?
1: Yeah, you know, I think I think we start with um with the cause that we're supporting. And we absolutely recognize that we can amplify um a cause or or an organization, a you know, a relatively modest uh, community impact grant to an unknown cause or a relatively unknown cause or a small organization can have an oversized impact because we are bringing life to that organization. And so we take very seriously the causes that we we uh we engage in. And the organizations that we partner with, um, so I, I think you know, we are we are very mindful of what our challenges are in the community, from uh, from our fans, uh, from the headlines, from conversations with leaders, from our employees, from our staff who are engaged in, in the community. Um, and so I'll give I'll give one example going back a few years pre pandemic, which seems like a hundred years ago. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we were the founding funder of a program called uh, home base, which was, uh, and is a homeless prevention program in partnership with the United way of King County. Um, I am on the board of that organization and the King County bar association, which is a group of, uh, of lawyers that includes legal clinics. And that was a, a novel program, um, that attempted to stop the pipeline of, uh, evictions to homelessness by providing both uh, financial support and legal support for families who were about to be evicted and would likely become homeless. Um, that program was a result of a study that came out that discussed that pipeline and how often a family would be on the verge of eviction and homelessness because of a one-time emergency, a medical emergency, the car doesn't work, temporary uh, a work stoppage, and so. We, we saw that, and we saw an opportunity there to partner with others and bring in other organizations and create a program that has been absolutely incredibly successful, really beyond our imagination. And the number of families that it has helped um, pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, it's turned into a rental assistance program. And our initial $3 million investment in that program um, has now turned in, I believe they've raised almost $40 million for uh, rental assistance now in, in the home base program, so I think that's a, that's uh, an example of how we are in tune with our community of what the challenges are, and then try to address what those problems are.
0: I'm going to pause a moment here because this is where I got a bit confused, and just in case, I'll clarify for you. Also, home base is the Mariners' rental assistance program. Fred was just mentioning. On base is what he'll talk about next. It's an entirely different program that supports youth baseball and softball across the region. It aims to make the sport more equitable for young athletes. They
1: get <laughs> confused, but on, on base is our, our baseball and softball program.
0: There are a lot of bases
2: in baseball, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, so the on base program that allows all kids to try to experience baseball or softball, I know that one of my favorite memories from elementary school was playing softball during lunchtime. We had a league and our principal would come out and play with us. And I just have this fond and vivid memory of that time, even though I didn't play softball outside of school, but it was just really a neat you know, thing to do. And I remember that now as an adult. So I know that the On Base program must be very impactful to a lot of kids. You mentioned that you've been playing baseball your entire life. And so tell me a little bit about this idea behind the on OnBase program and how influential sports can be in someone's life.
1: I, I this is a program that I personally, I think I'm most proud of because I um, can, can recognize how impactful having the opportunity to play. Uh, so it really starts with the data and the data show that our kids are not getting out to play. There's a study that was put out by the um the Aspen Institute and the University of Washington Leadership and Athletic Program uh, they developed a, a coalition the King County Play Equity Coalition and they put out a report with data indicating just what I said that kids are not getting out to play and there's a discrepancy based on uh uh race ethnicity as well so we want to we want to approach the entire the, the entire youth population in our community to find ways to get them active but also recognize the discrepancy in the BIPOC community with our program. Um, so we, we try to start, you know, we try to get kids interested young in, in that five to 12 year old range through uh, baseball clinics to getting our players out uh, for clinics into the community. Um, we have a terrific partnership with the Tacoma Metro, where we have scholarships to pay registration fees for that age group five to 12. So if you think T-ballers running around, um, we'll pay their registration fees and we'll give them a uniform so we can get them out and play and get them used to playing at a very, very early age. Um, We also support high schools in our in our state with uh, uh, an equipment grant. Um, There are a lot of public high schools that are really struggling to put a baseball and softball team on the field every year. And so we wanna support that so the kids have an opportunity to continue to play at, at that level. Um, so we're we're approaching it every way we can. This is again a program that will continue to evolve um, based on what we see as an effective way to get kids out to play.
2: Has that program taken on a new meaning after the pandemic, where kids were cooped up inside, they couldn't see their friends, they couldn't play on sports league? Have you noticed that that program now might take a different meaning?
1: A- absolutely. We, um, you're, you're right. Kids have been cooped up. They haven't been in school. And the, the mental health toll on that is well documented. And so this is a summer where we have a chance to get the kids out and, and just play. And, you know, we're also looking at ways um, uh, to get kids out for free play. And you know, when I grew up, we played a game called over the line. And it would take it would take two me and two buddies. We'd go out and the, you underhanded the ball and you hit it. And if it went over the first line, it was a single. Second line, it was a double. And it was not an organized sport, but we would go out and play forever. And we want to try to find a way to foster that type of free play, either through equipment grants, um, get having fields available, uh, just teaching that simple game. So we're looking for new ways to, to develop the free play spirit among our kids.
2: I think that is so important. And it's interesting, even as an adult, I've played tennis my whole life and so I've played on a lot of adult leagues as well as I've um, gotten older, and I realized that during the pandemic, not having that part of my life was actually something, one of the things I missed most, and I know that that's a privilege to be able to just go and play sports, right, but that's something that really was missing for me, and the physical outlet of that, and I replaced it by going on a run, or, you know, I, I got a paddle board, things like that, but tennis when you're competing against someone and the mental part of competing in a sport has really been invaluable in my own life. And I've learned a lot of life lessons. It's actually something that I really take with me with the sport. And I know that you still play baseball. So can you tell me a little bit about how that plays a role for you, how you've dealt with the pandemic, if you've been back out there on the field,
1: I So first of all, I, I hung up my cleats a couple of years ago. I, I have coached my kids. So that's, I still get out on the field and I, I play with them. Um, I have a son who plays in, in college and, and then a middle schooler who is still playing. And that's, that's my, my new outlet. Um, and, and, and that is one way to get out and play, right. And get out and throw the ball around or, or hit them ground balls for hours. And so I absolutely love, um, absolutely love doing that. And, and I know that they do too, but you know, they like all kids miss the interaction with kids their own age and to be able to combine, which is why I'm totally biased, but I think baseball and softball are the greatest games in the world Um, because you combine the competitive aspect with a team environment. Um, And, and, and it's, it's all nine or whatever the number of uh, players in your team that have to succeed in order to be successful. And so it's bringing, all players along together and, and the kids I think really missed that opportunity to develop that teamwork, that competitive nature as you mentioned um, and also the personal growth that can come through throughout a season. Um, so uh, your question was about me and I didn't fully answer it but uh, you know I did have an opportunity over over the, the last several months to get out with with my boys and, and play um, and play with them, which is a huge relief. I never thought, I would be as grateful as I am to spend 15 minutes outside, just throwing the ball around. Uh, And it just feels uh, so good. The great thing now that I, that I don't play competitively, it's okay if I get up the next morning and can't move. Uh, (laughs) So, so I don't really worry about that anymore, which I used to have to worry about. Um, And it just has been a great hour.
2: And I want to ask you also how baseball throughout your life. And even if you're not playing right now, how it's helped you in leadership. And I know you've, um, you know, you're right now, you're a VP at the Mariners, but you've been involved with the United Way. You were a lawyer previously. So um, I, I guess I suppose you're still a lawyer, but um, how has that translated into your leadership skills?
1: I, you know, it's, um, this could be a long answer, but I'll try to give a short one, a relatively short one. I, So I, 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 was a, I was a very poor student growing up. Um, I, I did not do well in school. Uh, I ended up going to college, a junior college, for one reason, and that was to play baseball. And so, as I look at my my progression um, over my life and over my career, baseball has really been uh, not only at my side, but really out in front. You know, really pulling me along. And so, uh, I don't I don't forget that um, I was able to to move on and. And obviously graduate from from law school and and spend some time uh, as a trial lawyer in the department of justice uh, before going into private practice and then and then here with the mariners and so baseball has really influenced me um it's been my uh my outlet not only to play but also to to watch i watch a ton of baseball uh not just the mariners i watch all teams i watch college baseball i watch high school baseball Um, and it's, it's more to me, it's more than just a game. As I said, it's always been, uh, it's always been with me. Um, it's, it's my, my personal outlet to, um, I watch, I watch videos of old games, uh, on YouTube now. And so, uh, it it really has been important to me. Um, and I think it always will be.
2: When you're not watching a ton of baseball, are there any things that you do in your life um, to cultivate mindfulness and to relieve stress? And if you could share,
1: yeah. Um, so I, um, I I walk. I love to walk, and I love to walk neighborhoods, um, including you know neighborhoods I don't I don't live in, just to get a you know a feel of what a neighborhood looks like and get a vibe. So I've gone to some neighborhoods in the Seattle area that I had never. Uh, been in and I'll just, I'll just wander for an hour. Uh, and that has been terrific. I love doing that. Um, I am a, a warm weather person. And so I, I took a hiatus during some of the cold parts of it. Um, but that's one way I've, I've done it. Um, I I'm, I think largely an introvert. So I, I regenerate myself by alone time. And sometimes that's watching uh, a, a dumb TV show. Um, or a clever TV show like Ted Lazo, uh which I, I absolutely love. So I've spent a lot of time doing that, followed by just some just some quiet time um, uh, to to kind of unwind. So I think it's some of the typical strategies that we've used. I've read more than I have in the past. Um, I've read more uh, uh, books and articles, in particular, on mindfulness and uh, how to how to rejuvenate and how to get through these difficult times, which has been really helpful, reading memoirs of other people who have gone through difficult times um, has been really helpful in understanding that while this is a a very challenging time, this is not the first time that that we've gone through something like this and have uh, come out better at the other end.
2: It's interesting. I'm reading a book right now. It's called Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. And he talks about both of those things that you mentioned about taking walks and solitude, and how important they are for your mental health. So you are not alone. Some of the greatest people on earth do the same exact things.
1: Albert Einstein was known to do that, and he said he did some of his greatest thinking on slow, meandering walks.
2: Is there anything else that you would like to share that I haven't asked um, about the Mariners organization as a whole, about yourself, about how you see how psychology and baseball intersect and why it's, you know, so important.
1: Yeah. There's one, one other thing that I think I've really focused on, particularly since April 1st, our opening day. And and that is how our, our team and our, our ballpark is really is community. We have varying degrees. People that come to T-Mobile Park have varying degrees of love for baseball. You know, you've got, uh, people like me who, who are watching every pitch and you see many people keeping score
2: and um, old YouTube videos
1: and old YouTube videos. right? <laughs> and then you see others who are just enjoying the food and, and the drink and the atmosphere. They may watch an inning here. They may watch an inning there. Um, but they're really here to be with friends, to be with their family. And, and that's, that's great. We, we, it, it is uh, and I go back to the sense of community that, it's, it's just, there's so many ways for people to come here and enjoy that, that great spirit.
0: Well, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and for your time today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: That's it for this week's episode. Once again, that was Fred Rivera, Executive Vice President and General Counsel for the Mariners. Much more information on the Mariners social programs and youth programs in our show notes. I'm Jessica Janner-Castro, and you've been listening to the Mindful Headlines podcast. My goal with each episode is to understand how our minds influence current events so we can better understand our world inside and out. Make sure to subscribe for more episodes, and please share with your friends and family. See you next time.